y'all. Uh, hi, friend. <laughs> Welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you might be. I want to talk about my least favorite word of 2019, trigger. This word, kind of like narcissist, used to be reserved for a very psychological response, something that was clinical, diagnosed, not just what you would complain about when you felt a little bit verklempt. It's something that can completely derail a moment, a relationship, a day, and absolutely your business. The other reason I am bringing this up is because a lot of these episodes are inspired by my clients, my own businesses, and the conversations that I'm having, even with the SBA and the SCORE mentees that I work with. Triggers have come up a lot, and not because they're something new. Again, they were the fucking buzzword of 2019, and I would I would never refer to them as such. I would always say, when your button gets pushed, but it's like pivot. I'm just going with it. I can't fight the tides any longer. And what's happening now, especially after that year that we shall not talk about, is old triggers are showing up and a lot of people are feeling like they are going backwards, that they thought they had beat that thing. They thought they'd healed that wound. They thought they had overcome, risen above, yada, yada, yada. And so that's what I really want to talk about today is firstly, why are you getting triggered? Um, it's actually pretty simple. And with awareness around it, that's like the, you know, it's like the once you know you have a problem, that's the first step or admit that you have a problem. So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about where triggers come from and from my very like prog pragmatic, logical, no feels perspective. Don't get me wrong. I totally get triggered. I'll take you through one of my longest standing professional workplace based triggers that actually ended in like a total meltdown implosion. Um, it, it, like I said, it actually for a minute there derailed our best friend relationship, the best working relationship and business I've ever had. Um, yeah, it was pretty gnarly. I'm not, I'm not coming at you. Like don't get triggered. I'm coming at you. Like you're going to get triggered and here's what you do about it. So first things first, why we get triggered. Secondly, how you could potentially think about a trigger in a different way so that it becomes more like a tool rather than this emotional, reactive, uncontrollable response. And then lastly, uh, when you're at work, most especially, and this is one of the reasons I love working in business and business coaching, we don't get a lot of the same outs we do in our personal life. You know, in our personal life, if someone is like a repeat trigger for us, we can just be like deuces, bye-bye. In our working relationships, especially if you might not be the big boss person, or you might recognize that someone is incredibly useful in a large capacity and incredibly triggering in another capacity, really helpful to have some strategies for how to navigate that situation so that you're not being continually triggered and if and when, not if, but when you do get triggered, how to respond to it. So with that, let's jump right in. The way I think about and look at triggers is they, they happen for one of two reasons. The first is that trigger, that button push takes you right back to a very painful, very traumatic experience. And by painful or traumatic, let's also be very clear, everything is relative. Some of us have been through hideous, undescribable trauma. Others of us 
you know, their caretaker parent didn't compliment them on an art project when they were six and it broke their heart. It is not to say anyone's trauma is better or worse or more or less or of more worth or less worth than somebody else's. It's what we're going through. It's all that we can handle. And our subconscious doesn't really differentiate. It simply takes in experience, learns a lesson, and does whatever it needs to do to keep you from shame or pain or fear. So, you know, you fast forward 5, 10, 15, 50 years, and someone can push that button. Someone can hit that trigger for you, and it takes you right back. Now, again, that might not be on a conscious level, but you're responding in that same fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response. And it's not going to be your best work, right? It can leave you feeling completely overwhelmed, out of control. It's the kind of thing that wakes you up at night. You know, it makes my mouth sweat when I think about it. Um, uh, My heart will start racing. That's, you know, I I was in, I didn't actually do a lot of research for this. That's a much more of a uh, fly by the seat of your pants. Sorry. (laughs) as for always, you don't have to keep listening. But, uh, you know, there was, there was a lot of articles on workplace triggers and, um, you know, how to avoid it. Like notice the physical symptoms, your palms get sweaty, your heart starts racing, you get short of breath, you start stammering. And sure, those to me are, are after that trigger has already been pulled and it's could be a little late in the game. The point I don't think is to like predict when and avoid at all costs. It's actually to anticipate and then recognize, oh, I need to pause. I need a time out here because I've stepped into a place of reaction that's automatic. It's and it's not based on what's happening in this moment. It's it's a response from something a long, long time ago. And it's actually that moment that I need to go back and work with. Again, if you're dealing with deep, hideous, horrible, traumatic experience, please do that with a professional, whatever that professional might be to you, a therapist or a doctor, or, you know, there's a ton of different support available now, especially with um, new kinds of medicine that are available to us. So there's some pretty, pretty phenomenal ways that you can get that support with those types of experiences. I'm even stepping out some theta healing. So look that up. Now, if this is more along the lines of an an offbeat experience that a child or potentially just something you've witnessed and learned and absorbed from other people's experiences, it's with awareness, again, you can simply just go back to that moment and go, oh, okay. So with my adult experience, with my adult knowing, here's, here's what I can offer that child that picked up a a broken way of approaching this. And here's how I can reframe this particular memory. A memory is simply a story you're telling yourself in this moment. It's not real. Your thoughts, your memories, even your imaginations aren't real yet. And you are in complete control with awareness, with a choice, with that space and that pause. So I encourage you to firstly just simply recognize that feeling of trigger. And sure, it's going to come with a physical response. Your mind's going to start spinning out. You're going to go to like worst case scenarios. Again, it's your subconscious just trying to keep you from pain, fear, or shame. Time out. The more that you practice that, the better you're going to get at it. I can't think of a scenario off the hand right now 
that you wouldn't be able to simply say, excuse me for a minute. Uh, I'm going to, you know, go collect my thoughts and let's pick this up when I'm ready. Does anyone, you know, can we take a break? Give that a go. That's sort of my first, (laughs) what happens when you get triggered? Now, the second reason you're getting triggered is actually quite simple, especially in a professional setting. There's a value conflict. So hopefully you have sat down at some point, again, hopefully recently, because I do believe values change. There's a big debate on that. You can read Ray Dalio's principles if you want. Some would argue that our principles and our values are lifelong. They're overarching. They never shift. I would say to anyone who's had a near-death experience, child, marriage, divorce, huge success, huge failure, your values change. It's helpful and it's useful to reevaluate them every now and again. Your values might be different than your business values. They might not. Your values might be different than your money values. They might not. If you're feeling out of alignment or you're like really feeling frustrated and struggling on a regular basis, check your values. There might be a value conflict, which is again, why you're feeling so triggered and frustrated on the regular. What happens at work and in your business with a value conflict is you have two professionals engaging for very specific reason and their values aren't being met. So the classic example is family and work ethic. So if you're expecting your employees or if you're expecting yourself to work 24 seven, because work ethic is number one for you, that's going to seem like a really logical, responsible approach. But if you're working because you want freedom and autonomy to be able to spend with your family, you started your business and you're engaging in a part-time business because you felt like it would give you more freedom than like the corporate hamster wheel. And your whole point is to actually work as efficiently as possible. So you're maybe only doing six hours, four days a week, but you're continually being told to stay late or you're continually expecting yourself to stay late. You can see where that trigger is going to come from, right? So the easiest thing with a value conflict is you simply make space for both. It is a both and exercise. And I think, again, this is my systematic process oriented, all left arrows from a human design people brain. (laughs) Just put it on a calendar. Once your subconscious, your ego, your brain, the gremlins and a critic, whatever you want to call those fun little voices in your head, as soon as they know when something is going to happen, it has been prioritized and they go, ah. if something pops up at work and you're going to be late, you let your family in this very drawn out analogy know, hey, uh, I got a last minute client call. I'm going to be here a little bit later than I expected. I know I promised dinner tonight. I put made reservations on Friday night. Or I'll stop at the grocery store and buy our favorite ingredients and I'm cooking dinner. I'm taking care of dinner on Friday night and it's going to be a blast and I can't wait to spend dedicated time with you and I'm not going to be stressed out and distracted. Is that okay? You've just prioritized both of your values. You've created space for both values. So again, just to kind of wrap up that section, there's two reasons you're getting triggered. One, it's a trauma response. That comes from the past. It doesn't really matter where I would encourage you to go back to that earliest experience. The first time you remember feeling the way you're feeling when you were triggered, there's a lot of different techniques and strategies to then dig into that particular experience and how to heal yourself, how to release, how to grow, et cetera. That's not what this episode's about. 
again, it's coming from the past. You can choose to react differently in the present. The second is there's a value conflict makes recognize that. And you might need to negotiate that with, if it is a, a third party, if it is another person, you can simply call out, look, here's what's really important to me. I'm sensing that's not as important to you. That's totally fine. We can agree to disagree on this, but how can, like, what's most important for you here? And then how can we work together to make sure we're both getting what we need? So from there, uh, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier. You get to create your reality. You are in charge, both of your response of how to move forward and how to turn every play into an advantage move. So what's been happening a lot where this episode came from is people, the same triggers are coming up and people I keep hearing, I thought I had already beat that. A client of mine has been having an ongoing, uh, fairly dramatic relationship with not just one caretaker, but both of her caretakers, AKA mom and dad. Um, another person I've been working with, uh, she, had an incredible week, one of her busiest, most successful, profitable weeks, and then felt really down and exhausted the week after. Um, In one of my own businesses, we keep kind of cycling through our staff level, junior level, entry level positions. And it's really easy each time one of those repeat experiences pop up to go, I fucked up. I'm doing this wrong. Here we are again. Apparently I haven't made any progress. Apparently I'm a big fat loser who's stuck. I'm stuck. That was like the rally of the last couple of weeks. I was actually a new uh, mentee that came through score was saying, you know, it's just the same fire every day. And sure, all of those are totally true. So I'm not victim blaming here. I am not bypassing. The point is that Once something happens over and over and over again, it becomes a pattern. And if you truly look at the first time that experience popped up and how you're responding now, it is different. (laughs) And in every one of those instances, there's a pretty advantageous way of reframing that interpretation. In the instance of the juniors, you know, we're up against unemployment right now that's paying more than what we're paying. People who are working for a certain threshold of income are working for money. So if you can trade 40 hours a week and extreme effort for a certain dollar amount or no effort and no time for a certain dollar amount, it's a pretty obvious choice. I'm not making any judgment around that, but like that's a very, uh, if you work with me, I do an energy leadership index assessment. That's a very level three response. Why are people working? for money, (laughs) like at a certain threshold. Right. And so it makes perfect sense to me that they'd be rotating. So the opportunity is not to take this personally. Like we're not offering a competitive benefits package that we're some like nightmare, small business. It's just simply that we need to think differently about how we're hiring. So we're looking at more contract opportunities, permanent part-time opportunities. We switched from targeting people in their youth who are really looking to ascend through a company because we thought we had a really great opportunity for that. And instead are looking for some people who are semi-retired people with a wealth of experience who could teach us how to improve, but are also looking for something a little more low key with some residual income and potentially benefits. It's a complete win, win, win. And we don't waste any time or energy beating ourselves up for whatever story, assumption, interpretation that we're telling ourselves. 
in the instance with the other examples that I shared, it is really important to notice when that trigger pops back up, how you're responding in this moment, because I guarantee you it's different. You have grown and that's where a trigger becomes a tool. It can show you how far you have come and give you another opportunity for growth and learning creativity, trust. There's so much expansion available when you start to notice, oh shit, I'm overreacting again. (laughs) That's where we can, again, create some real solutions that we test. I think there's an assumption going on that like, we're going to reach some stage of enlightenment and progress where like, we're not triggered. Good luck with that. Also, like what kind of life are you, like you're clearly living in a cave on the side of a mountain, eating a grain of rice every day. If that's what you're doing. So uh, that's not really for me. I'm going to guess that's probably not for you either. If you're looking to really push the envelope, if you're a trailblazer, a rebel, as one of my most favorite people, Andy, the rock and roll shaman likes to say a way shower. I've also heard Jessa Reed refer to it as an image setter. You are doing something totally new. There are no rules. There is no playbook. There is no blueprint. You are The only way you're going to figure out if you're going the right way is potentially by being triggered because you're like, oh shit, wrong step, course correct, right? So you can look at these as opportunities, as tools. And granted, in the moment, it doesn't feel like that. I've shared an example where I realized I'd made a dramatic, uh, a huge fucking mistake. It was a $50,000 mistake, guys. I crumpled on the floor and ugly cried. The good news is I've done many, 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 many shitty fucked up business mistakes in my career. And this was another hardcore trigger for me, but I was able to kind of go, you know what? Every single one of those mistakes and fuck ups, they firstly resulted in a really great story that I get to tell on a podcast. Lucky you. But secondly, they were that pivotal moment. It it took, you know, did they, did I solve them in a moment? Absolutely not. But can I look back on some of those, you know, moments and recognize that they were what actually created the next big thing, as I like to refer to it, 100%. So what I did in this ugly floor, crying, sobbing moment was stop crying when I was ready. took about 30 minutes. And then I got up and said, what if this is the opportunity that I can't see yet, that I know is coming because I mean, I've got enough fucking evidence for that at the very least. And granted, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to make this right. I don't know how I'm going to recover from this, but these moments always end in, in an amazing opportunity. And I got up and went back to work and I was able to be present for the clients I had that day. And, you know, fast forward, gosh, I think it was only about four months. It, that decision to go through with that and take that hit landed me in a a position to be able to say yes to one of the biggest opportunities I've had in one of my other businesses. So being big, because they're like money gigs. And I felt like this podcast took like a very capitalist turn in the first eight episodes. And what I'm really focusing on now and why I'm doing this episode is because my whole raison d'etre is to pull people out of the matrix. And I really think small business is the way to do it. And you got to start somewhere. And it's usually your triggers that are going to show you. I am 
out of alignment. And that sounds super woo, but all that means is like, I am being constantly triggered and I am constantly frustrated and I feel constantly defeated. It's because things have changed so dramatically over the long term. But if you look at this moment and like 10 years ago, you're a very different person. Shit. I mean, I look at this moment and a month ago and I'm a very different person. Your triggers show you that. It's another way they can become a really amazing tool. Understand that if you're experiencing the same trigger over and over again, you have grown. And please take a minute, hit pause on this to recognize how far you have come and that those triggers are actually just incredible learning opportunities for you. If nothing else that this wound has yet has not healed and I need to be more compassionate and I need to recognize that and potentially even be aware of the situations, people, scenarios that aggravate that wound because I have more work to do here. And it's not about what the external stimuli, it's actually about my internal response. I can own that and I can respect that. And I can say no to things. I can let people know, you know, I have a friend who I've been spending the lot, like every other weekend with who is going through chemo and her husband is working an incredibly senior level position, incredibly high stakes He's juggling, you know, those kinds of jobs are 24 seven. Uh, he's got a team of 50 plus people and he's got three young kids and a very, very, very sick wife. And he's not really giving himself a break. And we had, you know, a little talk about you're allowed to say no to things that feel like too much, i.e., you know, friends or family or extracurriculars for the kids this is, this is just for right now and recognizing that you're going to be more triggered if you're exhausted, if one of your values, his family is being threatened. So again, it's about recognition. It's about awareness. And it's about just, I think I, you know, how do we turn every play into advantage move? You reframe it. A trigger is a tool, it gives you an incredible amount of information. And then you get to choose what you want with that. You get to choose how to respond to it. You get to choose how to create your reality by saying, no, this doesn't mean I'm broken or I am a failure or I can't get this shit together. This means I'm learning and I've actually come really far and now I have another opportunity to learn. So here's how I'm going to approach it. And I'm going to walk you through what will sound like a really boring example, but this trigger has haunted me. Sometimes I think this trigger has been like my ultimate quote unquote limiting belief when I'm exhausted, when I'm defeated, when I've fucked up, I, I immediately go to this trigger. And the reality is this is my opportunity to reframe and to create the structure and systems to support me. So this trigger just doesn't even get to show up any longer in the way that it has. So uh, when I very first started in the music industry, I started as an intern working for free because that used to be a thing. And I was working behind the desk. I was sort of acting like the go-to office manager, back office admin support for a music management company, a booking agency, a publicist, a travel agency, a merchandise company, and a record label. And I was working with, an, I mean, I thought she was a thousand years old at the time. Uh, I think she was probably in her thirties. <laughs> and she, you know, was a professional office manager. And a few weeks into the internship, she looked at me and she just said, you are not detail oriented. Whoo. Yeah. Like I said, doesn't sound like a piece of very traumatic feedback, but I have, I have carried that 
like a bag of bricks on my back for 23 years. Okay. So, you know, my first response is I'm a failure. I will never get anywhere. I have to, I I went into shame, remorse, embarrassment, overdrive. I feel, I don't know that I even looked up or made eye contact with her for, you know, the next few weeks. And I started working my ass off. I totally overcompensated. I stayed late. I stayed extra. And I, I tried to almost bury this part of myself by overcompensating in areas of my strengths. Right. And it created like a huge amount of imbalance. However, they saw that there's a hilarious story of one time when I got arrested, wish it was only once I called, you know, you get your one call and I called them to let them know I wasn't going to be at work. And by work, I mean my free internship that day. And everybody was just really impressed that I would use my one call (laughs) to let them know. But, you know, I wanted to demonstrate how committed and how responsible I was because I was overcompensating for this lack of detail orientation. That enabled me to actually create a paid position for myself. And I was basically working full time within three months for, you know, cash in hand, a very, I think it was like $50 a day to start, guys. I moved more into the record label. I just felt like that was going to be the, the essentially where the most money was. So I could actually like somehow stop working four different jobs and pay my rent and pay for school and really, really develop like a career. I'm not going to get into that whole story. But once I got into owning my own record label, my own recording studio, again, the detail oriented thing became obvious. There were a couple pretty big mistakes. I made a couple calls as a business owner that turned out to be bad. <laughs> I got scammed. I, you know, we, we got into a, a loan arrangement that wasn't ideal. And same trigger came up. You're not detail oriented. You're not paying attention to the fine print. You're not doing your homework. You're not doing background checks or reading these contracts fully. This time around, I thought, okay, we've been here before. I'm not detail oriented. I can accept that. So I need to like hire the lawyer, hire the accountant. I need to really interview people and do a lot more work on any partner that I'm working with, not just an employee, but anybody that I hitch my star to is going to reflect on me as a business owner and as a person. And especially, you know, working with artists, um, it, it becomes a matter of, of reputation. And so I just need to, I need to accept that. So I went into like, again, that level three, like acceptance. Okay. I guess I, you know, with awareness, I'm just going to have to like avoid this. So rather than bury it, it just went to like a, it's there. I can't ignore it. You know, that monster is like standing in the basement. It's not going anywhere. Fast forward 10 years, I end up working side by side with one of my very best friends and this amazing opportunity to really build out the U.S component of her Australian business. And it was a like, it was one of those dream opportunities that you don't even like let yourself dream about because it feels so impossible. And it was unbelievable. And for two years, we were simpatico. I got to tick all of the boxes of dreams and big goals and lifetime experiences. Then I started fucking up. And it was the details. It was the lowest hanging fruit. It was, you know, switching around a date and a month and an email. It was a typo and a social media post. The harder I tried, the more mistakes I made. And I finally showed up in tears. And without the training and the education that I have now, 
you know, I just said like, something's not right. And I had been saying since I got into the music industry that five years, I'm not doing this post 25, 30, 30 at tops, 35 is the end date. And as I started pushing 40, I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe I've been calling this out a little too hard. My business partner and, and best friend, you know, just said, sweetie, like, I think you're done. I don't think you want this anymore. That was one of the hardest conversations I had in my life. I basically walked away from my identity, my people, my career, the city I was living in. It was, you know, a moment and I burned it all down. And it was the same trigger. And I spent months mourning that loss. But what I realized is that trigger is actually the first signs of burnout for me. And when I start making silly mistakes, stupid, like meaningless, like they actually don't matter. They're just annoying, right? That just means I'm doing too much. I'm taking on too much. I've got I've to gotta start saying no. It became a really powerful tool for me. So then fast forward five years, says September in that year, we shall not mention I start making really silly mistakes. I start double booking. I locked myself out of my office and had a very long, quiet, cold walk home with no music, no phone, no cars, no key. <laughs> and I had a grown up conversation with myself about what this trigger really means. And it's just that you get to build out some new structure and support, lady. You're here. You did it. You built more thriving businesses and you're wearing too many hats. Go you. And that started a, a hiring space and it's become now this empowering opportunity. And so I hope that story and that progression of that trigger, and I, I know it's not a big one, but I can't like, it's kept me up at night. I have sat in front of an email for four hours, a hundred character email, double checking it, triple checking it, looking at contracts, you know, it's wasted so much time, so much energy. It's haunted me. It, for a minute, it ruined a handful of relationships in the burn down moment. It's cost me, I don't even know. I mean, it, it could potentially be up to a hundred thousand dollars when I look at some of the mistakes that I've made. So it's, might sound small to you, but it, it's been really, really huge for me to overcome. And it didn't happen overnight. It did take several iterations of this trigger coming up, exploding in my face, me reacting very poorly <laughs> and draining a heap of, of energy and time and resources and money. Hopefully this story will help you see that you don't need to do that. You can allow that trigger to show up, grow awareness around where it came from, what's happening, and then move to a place where it becomes a tool that allows you to empower yourself with some new skills some new structure and support, or even just some allowance and forgiveness. That story kind of gets us into the last part of this, which is how to really overcome it. You know, hopefully that, I don't even know how long that story was, probably too long. You're welcome. Just know that when a trigger pops up, you have a few options. So firstly, just recognizing it, recognizing this is not based on what's happening right now. This is a, a past patterned response. How do I want to deal with this in this moment? The first step is just take a time out. Secondly, understand, am I exhausted? Am I struggling? Am I feeling really sorry for myself? 
probably means you need to rest, heal, rejuvenate, whatever that's going to look like for you. If you're blaming everybody else, if you're blaming external circumstance, if you're suiting up and putting the armor on to go to war, ask yourself, where's the both and in this situation? Why am I feeling like there has to be a winner and a loser? And why am I fighting simply to not lose? Get to that place of that of neutrality. I was reading somewhere, what you want to do is discharge that emotional response. It's not about by- bypassing. It's about feeling the feelings, but that's an internal process. If you're taking that out on other people, if you're rallying against the man, if it's all their fault, whomever they may be, whew, still got a lot, a lot of feels bubbling up, right? Do what you need to do, whether it's exercise, punching bag, scream into a pillow, automatic writing, call, you know, calling a friend and just letting him know, do like, I'm a, I need a vent session. I don't want feedback. I don't want validation. I just need to like, get this out, whatever it might be, get to that place of neutrality. And then you can start to really play with this. Okay. What's the plan here? Is this a value conflict? How do we create space for both? Is this something that I just don't have the capacity to deal with right now? Cool. I'm going to put it on, on my calendar and readdress it in that moment so that we're not bypassing. Going back to that example with my friend, he's like, you know what? We're not, I'm not really going to do anything major here until she's through her chemo. Like this is just not the time to like tackle new challenges and address personal growth and et cetera. Like, or even like take on opportunities at work. He's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to coast. I'm going to do the bare minimum and I'm going to circle back to this. And when we get through this, that's not bypassing people. That's living life. That is survival. And sometimes that's where we're at and that's okay. If we're choosing that approach, it's very different than like going through the motions and mindlessly reacting. Now, if you can get to that space of neutrality, you have another opportunity. And this is where repeat triggers are actually really useful because you get to practice this and you can go from sobbing on the floor, ugly crying for the, what is that? Six figure mistake to like 30 minutes later going, okay, you know, dust the dirt off. Let's get back to it. There, I know there's going to be an advantage move when you can get to that place of this can and will work out because it always does. When I look back on everything I've ever done, I've always made it work. I will also make this work. I don't know how, I don't know when right now, but I can trust that the next level up from there is that win, win, win. So how do I find the advantage? Now you can't go from like sobbing on the ugly floor, crying to like, there's always a silver lining. You do need to step it out. And sometimes you step it out to that space of neutrality and you're like, I'm fucking exhausted and I'm not done crying. That is okay. Go back to that space of rest, of a timeout, of licking your wounds and try it again. You don't, there's no rush. (laughs) Check out this book called Conscious Luck by uh, Gay Hendricks. It really helped me with this concept of rushing and pushing. When you're moving at the speed of trust, which is a different book, but when you're moving at the right speed for you, that's when like luck shows up. That's when you're at the right place at the right time. It doesn't happen when you're constantly pushing and rushing and feeling like there's not enough time and I got to get through this and I have to keep building even though I'm struggling. And like there's triggers left, right, and center that I'm just completely ignoring. And like that fire, the same fire keeps getting lit every day. Put the fucking fire out, people. (laughs) Stop, drop, and roll. That's for earthquakes, but whatever. Oh no, wait, that is for fire. Yes, I'm getting my, look, I'm being triggered from my elementary 
emergency response training. Okay. So I think that's all I have to say. Where are we at? Woo. 37 minutes of me talking. You know where to find me, the BZ channel for most of my social networks. By the time you're listening to this, everything should have launched. The Container, which is a community of entrepreneurs, dreamers, visionaries, small business owners. The Incubator, which is a whole platform of learning. It's like BZ Coaching Light. The podcast, <laughs> which you're listening to. You know, you can always get me on Direct Connect. That is 720-704-4865. Text Direct Connect and we will connect direct. I love texting. That's my favorite form of communication. So I love getting people on there. I send not daily emails, you know, a few, or sorry, text messages, a few times a week, little hits of inspo, things I'm sort of pondering and musing on, but it's also a great way to have a little convo. Granted, we're going to have the container going. So I'm going to be in there having more convos. I'll probably start doing some lives once I get a vibe for what it is you guys need. Uh, There's always The Loop, which is my newsletter. Those are just sort of a monthly roundup of things that have distracted me in the best of ways. And yeah, if there's anybody you think I need to talk to, any podcasts I need to listen to, text me 720-704-4865. I'm always looking for cool people and new podcasts. Sending you all the love and uh, wishing you all the best in everything you